0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven, and this is it, folks. This is the last week of season one, ending with 70 episodes. This is episode number 68, and in this episode, I prove once again that I am consistently and constantly and always a day late and a dollar short. Because I just finally watched Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. I don't know why it took me so long to watch this movie, because I really enjoyed it. There were a few things about it I didn't care for, but not enough that it spoiled my enjoyment of the movie. But for some reason, I just let that sucker sit out there on DVD on the shelf at my library and just never never reserved it. I may have reserved it once or twice. Sometimes I have issues with reserving something at the library and then when it's available for me to come pick up, I don't have time to go in and pick it up. We do try to go into the library once a month, but when you reserve something and it's ready to go, they put it on a reserve shelf and it only sits there for like five days, maybe seven days. And if you're not able to get in there during that time frame and get it, then it moves on to the next person or it goes back on to the, to the main shelf. So I have just been spending all this time not watching Wonder Woman. Now, it's possible that somewhere deep within me, I didn't go out of my way to get this movie because the lead was a female and maybe my dude brain was just not willing to go the extra mile to watch a movie starring a woman. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. If it is, maybe I need to sit down and have a long talk with myself. But I finally watched it. I finally got it. I reserved it. I happened to be going to the library the weekend that they put it on the the hold shelf, took it home, and I watched it that night. And it was really good. Now, like I said, there there were some things that I didn't care for in the movie. But again, it wasn't enough to spoil my enjoyment. First off, I know that with the Marvel movies, they have a certain look they're going for, a certain style, a certain cinematic style when it comes to um, like the action sequences and the fight scenes. I feel like I read that somewhere. I feel like that's why Edgar Wright eventually, one of the reasons he jumped off of Ant-Man was due to him feeling some constraint over the style he was required to use for the action sequences. I'm not, I'm not 100% about that, but I feel like Marvel... I know I read somewhere that Marvel has a, has a certain house style, that they want all their movies to fit a certain house style when it comes to the action and the fight scenes. Well, when I watched Wonder Woman, it dawned on me because a number of the action scenes and the fight scenes would suddenly devolve into one of the characters would do this awesome jump flip type thing and shoot an arrow or or throw a sword or and and as soon as they jump it just goes into slow motion and shows it all very slow and detailed and it dawned on me after the third or fourth time that it did that my first thought was did Zack Snyder direct this and i knew that wasn't the case i knew that it was um Oh, now I can't remember her name. Patty Jenkins. I think that's her name. But that's when it hit me that they must be trying to follow some kind of style guide so that the look of the movie, especially the action and fight sequences, match the look of a Zack Snyder movie so that Man of Steel and Superman v. Batman and Justice League and Wonder Woman would all match as far as the look. And I get that, but I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of the action suddenly going into slow motion to highlight a certain move. I think if, if an action sequence is really fast-paced, if it's shot correctly, if it's not that jerky, handheld camera look that seems to be only there to mask the flaws within a fight sequence or an action sequence, as long as it's shot correctly, I like a good fast-paced action sequence that just really just moves at a high clip, especially fight scenes. So every time that they would do that with Wonder Woman, just suddenly, boom, slow motion, she's flipping, she's turning around, she's throwing a kick or using her lasso or whatever. It just, it it always takes me out every time. It's just, oh, okay, I guess we're highlighting this move. And it's starting to feel a lot like, I know I've ranted before about the whole two characters who are fighting and they fall off a cliff or they fall off a building and they're falling from a, a you know, a large distance, but they continue fighting as they're falling. How that just drives me crazy anymore. How the first time you saw that, maybe even the second, third, or fourth time, you were just like, holy crap, they really don't like each other. They really want to win this fight because they're fighting as they're falling. Most normal people would be freaking out that they're falling 300 stories, but these two are just so into the fight. They're so focused that they have to fight while they're falling. Well, now I'm starting to get that way with these little slow motion breaks. Where a fight scene will be going on really good, and then all of a sudden, oh, well, I guess this person is flipping in 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 air, and I suppose it's cool, so let's highlight it. I guess the first time you saw something like that was in movies like The Matrix, and those kind of, you know, and and then like for example, the movie Three Hundred when Zack Snyder does that because that's just his thing, the slow mo- just like Michael Bay loves to do the slow motion walk up. The, he likes Zack Snyder likes to do the uh highlight a certain part of the fight scene by slowing it way down. And the first time you saw that, it was okay, stylistically, that's really cool. But after a while it gets it gets old. But again, it didn't while it happened enough that I obviously noticed it and it got me to thinking about the stylistic choices. It still didn't ruin my my enjoyment of the movie. So I'm sure by now I'm probably the only nerd left in the world that hadn't seen the movie. I'm sure everybody listening to this has seen the movie. So I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about what the movie was about. I mean, you've got Di- Princess Diana living on Themyscira, or as Chris Pine, Scott, uh, Steve Trevor at one point jokingly refers to it as uh, Paradise Island. She's the only child created out of clay by Hippolyta and blessed by Zeus, brought to life. But there's something about her that that they're not telling her. She wants to learn how to fight. Everybody else, all the other Amazons on the island spend their day training to fight, and she wants to learn. And the general, the mightiest warrior of the Amazons whose name I can't, it's like P something, I don't remember. She trains Diana in secret because there's something she's destined to do. And there's this whole backstory of of Ares and all, and all this junk. And then now we're in World War I and Steve Trevor crashes a plane into the ocean near the island and Diana rescues him. And he's telling them all about the war and Diana's basically, you know, well, this is what, this is why we were, why we're here. We're here to defeat, this is Ares. He's come back. We have to defeat Ares. And she goes off with him. And so the other part of the movie that kind of took me out of it, or not really took me out of it, but there is a, so she's, she's basically, she's left Paradise Island or Themyscira with Steve Trevor to go get into the war to kill Ares. Once she kills Ares, then the war is over and men will be happy again and and peace will ring out across the land. So throughout the movie, you're assuming Ares is this German general who, along with this scientist woman with a messed up face, they have developed a new kind of gas that eats through gas masks and will kill hundreds of millions of people. You're just assuming the whole time, or at least they want you to assume that this guy is Aries when it's actually somebody else. And I picked up on it right away. And I'm not trying to say that as I'm super clever because I'm not. You should know by now that I'm not super clever. So if I picked up on it right away that the German guy wasn't Aries, but it was this other dude, then maybe they didn't do a good job of throwing that red herring out there and and maybe it's just because that happens so often in movies now that also is a trope that i'm starting to get tired of because in my latest episode of my other podcast which is only available to patrons if you want to donate a contribute a dollar a month $1 every month that's it you can become one of my patrons and you can listen to this podcast called my other podcast but in the previous episode this past saturday of my other podcast i talked about Men in Black International and how there was a mole within Men in Black and they want you to believe it's one guy and it's actually a different guy. And that's that's another trope that I'm starting to get tired of that, I, that we're starting to see a lot lately. It's the whole, the bad guy is a mystery. We don't know who the bad guy is. We know that there is a bad guy And we're going to put somebody in front of you that is obviously the bad guy, but we're going to pound on it so hard that he's obviously the bad guy that it's actually this other guy. It gets old after a bit. But I still really enjoyed the movie. The Amazons were awesome. I hope that we eventually get to a point. I would love for the DC movies to get to a point where it's like Endgame, where we get a Justice League movie where they are fighting frickin' dark side and i know it's going to be difficult for dc to do that at this point because it would be you you wouldn't be able to help but compare that to the marvel movies and thanos because that's you know dark side he came first i'm pretty sure he came before thanos but they're pretty much the same guy right who's the biggest baddest cosmic entity in marvel it's thanos who's the biggest baddest cosmic entity in freaking DC it's it's dark side and so you're going to get those those comparisons they're both evil despots they're both super powerful they're both big and muscular can we never can we not just have a bad guy once in a while that is super powerful and totally cosmic and is a real BA but he's like frail and skinny or even just like a little dude can we do that maybe i will but that's the, that's the comic book thing. You got to make the dudes big and muscular because that exudes power. That's a visual cue that this person is powerful. But I would like to see something like that with the DC movies where we get a Justice League where we get all these characters and with Endgame you had the Wakandan army and in Justice League we could have the freaking Amazonian army army just kicking butt all over the place gal gadot i really enjoy is wonder woman she's not typically someone that springs to mind when i think of wonder woman i wonder woman in the comic books for me has always been tall and statuesque and maybe that's why they give her the freaking high-heeled platform sandals to to try to make her a little bit taller i don't know Seems kind of silly footwear for a warrior to wear. There was also a moment in the movie that I thought was rather silly, but it had to—you had to get that Wonder Woman look when they when she first goes into her first battle outside of Themyscira. They're in France. They're they're near the front. They're in a a a trench, and these people that there's been basically the stalemate for I don't know however long, and people in the village are suffering and. And she decides, you know, that's enough. I'm going to go take out these Germans over in their trench. And she's wearing this, this coat and she's got her hair tied back. And so she takes the coat off. So you see her in her Wonder Woman armor. And then she reaches up and she undoes her hair. So the hair flows all around her. And my first thought was, if she was an actual warrior, she'd keep her hair up, right? Why would you want your hair... Why would you want to put yourself in a position where at any moment your hair can blow in front of your face and obscure your vision, even for a fraction of a second? That could cost you your life. But I get it. Stylistically, they have to do that. But that was a really good scene, minus the the slow motion parts. But um, when she takes out the Germans. Chris Pine as Steve Trevor, I really enjoyed him. I thought he was funny. There was a moment, though, where... My daughter is in the room with me. She's on her iPad and she's doing some stuff, so she's not watching but she's listening. And there's a moment where Steve Trevor, I think he's I think it's still back on Themyscira and he's he's in his bath and Diana comes up to him and they start talking and she says, "Are you a uh typical example of what uh, of of a man in, in your world?" and he says, "Well, uh I'm I I I would be considered above average." And Palin just goes, "Wow!" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that, that. I, I, I get that. That line was supposed to be funny." Steve Trevor obviously has some self-image issues because that wasn't the first time in the movie he says that. Because she refers to him at one point later in the movie as the the average man, and well, you know, and you know, where I'm from, I would be considered above average. You know, you have to be to be a spy. But it almost comes off not as funny, but more as cocky. And then, but then not even like Han Solo fun cocky. More like I'm really obsessed with my own image and it worries me to think that somebody might not realize that I am a above average example of the male form and if you don't understand that, it's going to it's gonna eat at me all day and it's going to give me anxiety and it's a real issue that I have. And it just, it came off sad to me. To me, it came off not as funny or even a funny cocky type of thing or even a kind of a funny, oh, he's worried that she's going to think he's, he's not good looking kind of funny. It was more, wow, he is sad. He is a sad individual. He... For him to worry about that, that's thats sad. I liked Edda Candy. I liked the guy that played Ares. The, the, the final battle between Wonder Woman and Ares was really good. Wonder Woman did a few things. There was certain things that Wonder Woman would do, though, in the movie that I don't remember being a part of her power set in the comics. Now, I'm not a regular reader of Wonder Woman comics, but I have read a number of wonder woman books and from what i recall from my mind her power set in the comic books is she's super strong basically she's a female superman which is kind of a sexist thing to say right she superman and wonder woman share a lot of the same powers i feel like wonder woman can fly they kind of go back and forth on that one of the reasons they gave her the invisible jet is because she can't fly and then yet in some cartoons and some books, she does fly. She's super strong. She has the bracelets that deflect bullets, but yet I feel like she's, which, which would tell me that she's not bulletproof, but yet at the same time, I feel like she is. Maybe she's super strong, but she's not bulletproof, which is why she's got the, 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 the bracelets. She can't shoot lasers out of her eyes like Superman, but other than that, she's, she's fast. She's super strong. She's super fast and she's a she's a warrior and sometimes she can fly but in the movie they also had her a couple of times where she would cross her arms in front of her chest and this energy burst would just blast out of her like in a circle like a like a bomb going off almost and i don't remember that ever being a part of wonder woman's power set but it is i guess in the dc cinematic universe that's that's one of her powers. But I really enjoyed the movie. I'm glad that I finally watched it. I'm angry that I waited so long to watch it. The new one is coming out soon. Of course, I always have to wait for DVD. I think the new one looks good, but I watched the trailer for it, and I can't... I know, obviously, the the actors. You see the actors. This Obviously, here's the guy that's going to be the bad guy. But I don't know who they're supposed to be portray, portraying in reference to the comic books. And I keep meaning to look that up. The The bad guy in the trailer and then Kristen Wig. I don't know who she's supposed to be in reference to the, you know, in relation to the comic books. But I think it looks good. I'm on board for it. It's a good, it's a step in the right direction in my opinion for DC Comics and their cinematic universe. Well, that's all I got to say about that. So you got two more episodes left until the end of the season. Wednesday and Friday and then we're done taking a couple of weeks off and then we'll come back in 2020 with all new episodes. Season 2. Are you excited for that? Because I am. I'm excited to keep this train a-moving. Keep this train a-rolling. Just another fanboy. That's me. My name is Steven. This is my podcast. And I want you all to be nice to each other. That's it. That's all I got to say. I'm out. See See ya just another fanboy is a presentation of the steven or else podcast questions and comments can be directed to feedback at steven you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash r or and get instant access to the my other podcast podcast a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before i tap record you can find me on the World Wide Web at stevenorelse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or Else. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Ciao! <gasps>